0: You're listening to Superflexology, a superflex-focused fantasy football podcast with your hosts John Bauer and Mitch Sorensen.
1: Here for episode 31 of the Superflexology Fantasy Football Show, a proud member of the Full Time Fantasy Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. And tonight I am joined by Mitch Sorensen, and that's at DinoMC on Twitter, and Dan Lamagna, that's at LC Underscore Dean. What's going on, guys? First episode of 2020 is upon us.
2: Ready to roll, guys. As always, football season
1: never ends. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, I think. And it's nice because we have the video up so I can see your bright, smiling faces. Or if you guys, you know, fur your brow once in a while whenever the other person's giving their takes, we'll see how that goes. All right. So before we get into tonight's show, we are doing another Super Flexology jersey giveaway. And Mitch, you have to send me the picture of it, but it's a Tyler Boyd jersey.
0: Yeah, it's like the specialty ones that they do that one week a year. So it's the specialty one and it's signed, and we have the C of A for it. Yeah, we're definitely
1: going to give that away. As we did before, leave a five star review and send us a screenshot either on Twitter or Instagram. On both, it's at Superflexology. Very simple, very straightforward, and you'll be entered for your chance to win the signed Tyler Boyd jersey. Last week, guys, we dove in and we talked about some fantasy assets that we were looking to buy this offseason from a dynasty perspective, of course. And the value ranges were from the tippy top. Dan, you focused on Zeke, George Kittle. And then we went pretty low in terms of finding value. Mitch, you talked about Justice Hill. We talked about Hollywood Brown. So the range of values was quite broad. And I think we're going to see the same thing tonight. So tonight we're looking at guys we're trying to avoid throughout the offseason. And again, it could be for several reasons. It could just be we don't think they're going to produce moving forward. It could be their price is just too high. But Dan, let's start with you. Who's one guy this offseason that you're not looking to buy in, in your dynasty
2: leagues? Well, as you've got me going down this path, JB, you know, I decided to start my first round mid twenties players club, all right? You know, I, I, bust you guys in the past, the 2019 season is not even over, and you're full-throttle dynasty, and it's, it's just become <laughs> contagious here. So the first member of my club is Mr. Corey Davis, and, and this isn't just me being salty from his uh, zero-point uh, round one of the playoffs DFS performance. This is a build-up of, I think, over the year. As you guys know, I've had different points, been high on Corey Davis. Uh, definitely a Corey Davis truther to some degree. Like any good relationship, sometimes they must come to an end, and I'm not going back. All right? I've, I've pulled up some stats here, and for first. First, our super flexology dynasty league scoring, all right, a little shameless plug there to our our league he was 65th all right that's not good and then I looked and matched that up with the pro football focus player grade and he ranked 62nd in there which was worse than 2018 so you look on the year he has 39 receptions for 557 yards and two touchdowns he went backwards how does a guy who who we think has a lot of talent okay part of being in this club is you have to be a first round pick in your mid-20s and that's normally attractive in dynasty you know hey he was a first round pick highly sought after he's at a great age, and he just went backwards on a team that improved. You know, you think with A.J. Brown being there, take some coverage off him, open him up, again this last week in the playoffs, here A.J. Brown's covered by Gilmore, the Patriots best DB, and he gets zero catches. I know one or two were taken back on penalties, but I am really down breaking up, not going back to Corey Davis. I'm saying there's no upside. Don't waste your time, and if I was to give a comp, I'd say at best he's a Mohamed Sanu moving forward, and I just don't need that on my fantasy team I'm going elsewhere is he even going to put
1: up Muhammad Sanu type numbers I mean Sanu was actually somewhat productive and obviously things kind of fizzled out whenever he went to the Patriots after that very strong first week but we talk about Corey Davis and he was somebody that I was still trying to buy last year and the only issue with Corey Davis from a 2019 offseason perspective is and many people can attest to this when it comes to truthers you weren't getting Corey Davis at much of a discount so when he came out he was an early to mid first round pick depending on your format. And it was really difficult to get him at much of a discount. I thought heading into startups last year, that was the best time to buy him because nobody had him on the roster they didn't have that high price on him initially so you could get him a little bit later in the draft and dan like you said when you're coming in ranked in the 60s as a wide receiver that was a former first round talent that's not what we're looking for in dynasty and he is trending in the wrong direction the big thing and we all pointed to it also that whole offense we thought all right marcus Mariota. He's the reason they're faltering. Once he's gone, Corey Davis is really going to blossom. Well, A.J. Brown blossomed, Jonu Smith, Derek Henry, obviously Ryan Tannehill. Corey Davis was left for dead. So I can completely understand wanting to stay away from him. I'm not looking at him in any startups. I'm not looking to acquire him in any trades. I mean, at least a realistic price. Do you think you could even get him for, let's say, a 2023? Do you think a seller
2: would move him for that? I think they'd still hold out, you know, thinking... Corey Davis is a little more than that. And I, I'd i rather have my third-round pick right now, I'm thinking Bauer. I mean, he's getting grades similar to Auden Tate and Alan Lazard. Mitch calls him Lizard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm just not feeling it. Not only is he not good in fantasy, you know, I'm questioning how good he is in real-life football. I think he's just going to be a role-play receiver for the rest of his days.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you guys. There's something to where after four years, you just have to give up on the wide receiver like that. If not, you're just praying for a Devontae Parker breakout, you know, the last half of the season that he had this year. But we know that the wide receiver one on that team now is A.J. Brown. And I don't see Corey Davis ever taking over that role again. And you can't see him just going to another team and be given that role. And he hasn't proved that he could do it in the first place. So, yeah, he's definitely an avoid for me as well.
1: Dan mentioned it. You have A.J. Brown drawing top coverage, and that should open things up for Corey Davis. And it didn't. It, it Whether it was from actual production or even a target standpoint, Corey Davis didn't have the opportunity. And from Ryan Tannehill, who had a fantastic year and was extremely productive, he really didn't even look Corey Davis's way. So that should tell you something. Mitch, what are your thoughts? So Corey Davis, he's a free agent after 2020. And I know we shouldn't be looking because at that point, it'll be his what, fifth year? Yep. after 2020 and you can't chase outliers you just mentioned Devonte parker he's one of the few guys that really i mean he had a fantastic 2019 and prior to that we didn't see much so kind of what i was hoping for from dante moncrief this year i guess but that didn't happen and I, I get enough crap from people on that but you know Corey davis could a change of scenery help him out from a dynasty perspective see my worry with that
0: is we're already worried about the running all the running backs in the league are going to be replaced by this 2020 draft, right? It's what we hear all the time. And now if you go on Twitter, you'll see that 2021 wide receiver class is absolutely crazy. I mean, it blows the 2020 class out of the water. Even if Cordy Davis goes to the other team, you can't guarantee he's going to get that job over a rookie coming in in the first place. So I don't see any reason to go
2: out and acquire him this offseason. I think there's a big difference between him and Devontae Parker, too. When we look at coaching. Tennessee's got it together right now. They're a pretty well-run team. They're having success. When Devontae Parker struggled, it was under who? Adam Gase. The dysfunctional Dolphins where Kenyon Drake couldn't produce. He's all of a sudden a star in Arizona. You know, so they stabilized the Miami, and all of a sudden those guys are produced. And So I think a change of scenery for Corey Davis doesn't really do anything because I think he's in a pretty good place.
1: Looking at Corey Davis... Despite being in a contract year, the limited production, the decrease in yards per reception every single season in his career, and yeah, he's dealt with some injuries here and there, but I don't think there's any excuse for what we've seen from him, and especially when you compare it to the expectation set for him. I agree with you guys. He's somebody that I'm not looking at. It really doesn't matter how far down my draft board or how far into the draft he's dropping. He's not going to be on my draft boards. Corey Davis, not looking to acquire him, whether it's a startup or if it's an existing league where you could try to buy low, probably doesn't make much sense. Mitch, so like I said, to start the show last week, we hit on guys in so many different value ranges and it's going to happen here. So we just talked about the lowly Corey Davis, but you have somebody a little bit higher up on the scale and- Like I said, we're doing video right now. I can see Dan shaking his head and Mitch is already chuckling. But Mitch, who's the first guy that you're not looking to buy this offseason?
0: It's going to be Amari Cooper. And it's not that Amari Cooper isn't a good wide receiver. It's his price at this point. He's still priced as a top 10 guy. And if you look at his yearly production, it looks fine. You know, he had 80 receptions pretty much for 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns, which is great. But if you really look into it, he had... Five big games over 90 yards, but then he had seven where he gave you under 50. And this is the biggest reason for me is because you don't know when he's going to hit those big weeks. The fantasy playoffs this year, he gave you 22 total points in those three weeks. And, you know, averaging 7.5 a week in the fancy playoffs is going to kill you and he will lose you games in your lineup. And that's the biggest issue that I have with Amari is sometimes he will go out there and he'll put up 226 yards and a score and he's going to win you the week. And there's other weeks to where he will go out and get you 1 for 19. You know, and that was against the Rams. He just isn't someone you could trust in your lineup. And when you're paying that top 10 price, I don't want to have to be scared if I could play him in the playoffs or not. And then just the last thing is even with his, you know, good output throughout the season, he barely averaged half a point more than the previously mentioned Devonte Parker, Calvin Ridley, and Marvin Jones. You know, he, and he's going
1: five or six rounds ahead of all those guys, whether you're doing dynasty or redraft. Yeah. Like you said, he's still a top 10 dynasty asset from his, you know, looking at his current price. Dan, I want you to take off your Cowboys hat for a second. What are your thoughts on Amari Cooper? Because I saw you shaking your head in disgust. I saw you rip your headphones off. So what are your thoughts here? Are you buying from a dynasty perspective?
2: I'm still buying and still in, I think it's too early for Mitch's analysis. He makes some very good points there. And believe me, I felt the the pain of those key playoff weeks where he didn't produce and uh, you know, given a comparison to Devontae Parker. I'm going to go back to the dysfunction comment again. The issues with the clapper and that offense were, were, were devastating in some ways, and I think Amari Cooper is a piece of that. I know their wide receiver coach absolutely praises him up and down, and as I look at the pro football focus grades, he is right there with Mike Adam, Evans, Devontae Adams, and, a- and even above your boy A.J. Brown, Mitch. So he's he's scoring good grades on the year as an offensive producer, as a receiver. I just think towards late in that season, season Kellen Moore lacked creativity and the Clapper mismanaged that so let's go Mike McCarthy just uh, officially announced today I I think he's going to get this team back on track and utilize that talent and Amari Cooper will have a few less of those dud weeks you got to get away from dysfunction Mitch it's not a Cooper it's a product of the system I was always making an excuse for Amari Cooper well
1: he's in Oakland and just like you mentioned Dan the dysfunction and you kind of chalk up his weekly the high variance on a weekly basis to being in oakland and the struggling team and then in 2019 well 2018 when he came to dallas oh well he came over midway through the season so any inconsistency we can chalk it up to that well then he had a full off season with the cowboys and he got off to a fantastic start but then he fizzled off and like mitch mentioned the inconsistencies started up again and dan you can chalk it up to the poor coaching staff and the lack of creativity from kellen moore but it is a concern and it is something that i think people are going to be weary of here once we get into more startups here during the off season and trading opens back up and people are looking to make some moves in already existing leagues let me play devil's advocate here mitch Amari Cooper, he's a free agent and we're not sure what this team's going to do. So one, let's say he goes elsewhere and we've seen it time and time again. Whenever there's a new situation, a player's value, just because it's unknown, the new situation, it typically spikes and we see a little bit of excitement. We saw with Odell Beckham during the offseason last year, he went up to like wide receiver one in a lot of situations. I saw people move DeAndre Hopkins for him straight up because people were excited about the situation. So let's say Amari Cooper he's not a Dallas Cowboy. Does that increase in potential price then not entice you a little bit right now? Or is it still just something you want to avoid?
0: I'd look to avoid him just because you're taking a chance. I'm pretty sure he's going to be on the Dallas Cowboys, but even a chance that he isn't on there, you're only trying to acquire him to trade him again in the off season because I don't want him on my team in 2020. If he's already on my team, I'm not looking to trade him. But at the same time, I'm not going to look out and go and try to buy him at this
1: point as well. And that's something I always do. And Mitch, you and I talked about it a lot last offseason. Be proactive, not reactive. And sometimes it bites me in the ass. It really does. But I will, especially in startups, I'll take certain players or I'll hoard quarterbacks with the intent of trading them later on. And sometimes it doesn't pan out. For example, we could talk about Damian Williams last year. So that was situation one. He goes elsewhere. But then you think he's going to remain in Dallas. Dan, Mike McCarthy, you mentioned it. He's the new coach in Dallas. And I saw the video floating out there on Twitter. He was interviewed a while back, and he's really changed his coaching philosophy and how he deals with quarterbacks. And he's doing off-season quarterback things. So Mike McCarthy's there. We've seen what he's done historically with wide receiver ones. Are you excited at the prospect of Amari Cooper staying in Dallas with Mike McCarthy? And that's to you, Dan.
2: I am. uh, I think there's really nowhere to go but up for Dallas with the coaching change unless they really muffed it. But McCarthy is a guy who doing some research here, you know, and and this is a popular story today floating around, you know, he hired a bunch of coaches over the offseason, reviewed a lot of film, didn't get uh, stale, for lack of better words, uh, looked at analytics. So I think he's reinventing himself. And I'm optimistic that he could be one of those coaches that is a successful second time around coach and, and Cooper's interesting and, and I'll say this to Mitch's point. You know, if we're looking at a trade and you have a choice of you know DeAndre Hopkins, a Mike Evans, a Devonte Adams, if you're not a Homer Cowboy fan like me, I probably would recommend taking one of those guys. <laughs> Cooper is a unique individual. When I watch him every week, like he's not that fiery, boisterous, loud, competitive guy. It's just not him for whatever reason. But you listen to his interviews. You know, he loves being in Dallas. He's he is hard on himself he wants to get better you know after that last game he goes you know I realize you know there's quiet certain weeks late in the season he wants to improve on that he goes I know there's even more in me than I I gave this year so so I I think he is a guy with Mike McCarthy JB to answer your question I I think he could light a little fire there under that offense and get more out of him and keep the offense moving forward time will tell Um, again the only concern I would have on Cooper is you know, does he have that same fire as a, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Devante Adams, if you're making that choice, but anybody below him, you know, I, I would still definitely want Amari Cooper on my roster.
1: Okay. And I want people to pay attention here because like I, we talked about already, these are the dynasty assets that we're looking to avoid. And Mitch, you made a great point. If you have Amari Cooper on your roster, you're not just looking to move him to move him. So these are guys we're in startups or you don't have them on your roster in an existing league, you're just not actively looking to get. But again, you're not just trading these guys for the sake of trading them. You know, so there is a difference and we're trying to be very specific here with the verbiage. These are dynasty assets that we're avoiding, not necessarily sell. So I just think that's something very important for listeners. Think about that throughout the rest of the show. Dynasty assets that we're avoiding. So Dan, you're still buying Amari Cooper. Mitch, obviously you're not buying him. I want to say that I'm not buying him, but in a a recent startup. I just took him actually. He slipped. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. I knew you would approve. He slipped. I think it was wide receiver 13 or 14. I have to go back and look. And at that point in the draft, the other guys around him, not only do I like Amari Cooper, the player, you watch him on film and just the separation he creates and the routes he's running. And he really he's a good football player, but the concern is he disappears at points throughout the season. And Mitch, like you said, we can't always rely on him. But I am counting on the fact that one of those two situations is going to happen that I brought up. He's going to sign elsewhere and his value is going to rise. Hopefully it's a good situation. Or he stays in Dallas and he's peppered with targets with Mike McCarthy's system. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm still buying him because I just took him a startup draft yesterday.
2: So sorry, Mitch. (laughs) it's coaching mitch i'm telling you it's coaching
0: (laughs) one more thing i was going to add that i completely forgot to do this year we also saw zeke get thrown to less than he did in 2018 and if mccarthy is diving into analytics we know that passing to the running back is extremely important so we could even see a downgrade in the targets going to cooper this upcoming year if he does stay in dallas if you know if mccarthy's getting all analytical with it and everything
2: or there'll be less stall drives and he'll follow those analytics and pass on first down instead of being so predictable like the clapper and uh kellen moore so it right. could go both ways mitch guys like don't, get,
1: don't get too carried away here because i think next week as long as there's at least one more coaching change and somebody else hired and we get some more offensive coordinators in place we did this last offseason and they were probably two of my favorite episodes but we're going to dive into some coaching changes and how that is going to impact the teams that they're joining from a dynasty perspective and when we talk about dynasty, it's always short and long term implications and value changes. But don't get carried away, guys, because I do want to hit on the Dallas Cowboys, most likely the next week next week show. So we're going to talk about the impact of Mike McCarthy. And hopefully by then he has his staff in place that we can dive into that a little bit more. But it's something that I'm excited for. So that's Amari Cooper. Mitch is avoiding him this offseason Dan give us one more guy and I like that you kind of have another player in the same category as Corey Davis here
2: yeah this next guy is the king of the first round mid-20s player club you know I had Brandon Cooks in the mix a little bit but him is not so much talent but injury but the king of this club is Mr. Sammy Watkins and you know again I'm trying to help all our fellow fantasy football listeners here tonight that you know can't stay away from that beautiful blonde and it's an unhealthy relationship and you just keep on going back I don't want them to go back one more time JB you know in their super flexology dynasty scoring he was 46th which is really bolstered by week one's nine catch 180 198 yard three touchdown performance and they were his only three touchdowns of the year but then when we also look at real football and pro football focus you know I expected to see him around that Corey Davis range somewhere at 62 instead he was ranked 101 101 Uh, so there's really something fundamentally going wrong with Sandy Sammy Watkins and if Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes can't fix Sammy Watkins I don't know who can on the season 51 catches 665 yards those three week one touchdowns his horrible season this year believe it or not was his best in fantasy football since 2015 but it wasn't good and again week one really bolstered that a lot now uh, injuries may have taken his toll on him I'm kind of wondering what's going on with Sammy Watkins and as you guys know I was pretty high on him going into the season. And then we had that week one, so I wouldn't shut up for a little while. But, you know, one of the things I often do in the off season this time is is I listen to different podcasts. You try to pick up different like tidbits or nuggets on certain guys. And I heard this one comment before last year from Dabo Sweeney saying, you know, I think Sammy Watkins, it's a matter of time before he's a star. And I wasn't sure if he was just bolstering Clemson football or there was really something there. So I went back into that bad relationship and believed in Sammy Watkins one last time. And I got burnt one more time. So, at this point, to me, a comparison, and this is probably being generous, is kind of like a Randall Cobb, maybe. You know, I'm not even sure. A guy that might have a role on your roster, but you're not excited to have you. It's kind of hard to trade. But again, if Mahomes and Reed can't fix them, I don't think anybody can. And I'm still questioning years ago when Dallas offered him all that money to be the number one receiver uh, replaced Dez he turned it down and went to Kansas City to be a a number two to Tyreek Hill and he just keeps fading more and more so I'm out on Sammy Watkins boys completely he is extremely difficult to trade
1: and in one of our leagues last year even after that strong week one I couldn't even get a 2020 second out of him and that tells you what people think of Sammy Watkins even after he got and Dan you talked about that strong week one performance he had all of his touchdowns from 2019 in that first week and 29% of his yards. And while you were talking, I mixed up my thoughts here. And I'm sure people, they were screaming, John, you're wrong on Corey Davis. When I said that his yards per reception and yards per target have decreased every year, flip that, they've actually increased every year. It's Sammy Watkins. Since his second season, 17 and a half yards per reception, it goes 15.4, 15.2, 13, In 2019, was 12.9. So since his second season, he has decreased in yards per reception and yards per target. 2019 was the lowest of his career. So anybody that is a Corey Davis supporter, while we're still not buying him, I do revoke my misspoken comments from earlier. He has improved every year in those two categories. Sammy Watkins, on the other hand, has not. And we look at the situation in Kansas City. He's another guy. Last year of his contract, this should have been a perfect marriage with Patrick Mahomes at the helm. Yeah, they had some offensive line troubles. In Tyree Kill, he missed a few games this year because of injury. And Sammy Watkins still couldn't do much. It was always somebody random doing something. It was Demarcus Robinson, it was Cole Hardman, Travis Kelsey, obviously still popping off big games. And it just wasn't Sammy Watkins after week one. And Dan, like you said, there has to be something else going on. Sammy Watkins, especially those first two years in Buffalo, we had such high expectations, especially dynasty owners. You're looking at Sammy Watkins and he had to be uh what first two round startup pick back then. And now again, I said a 2023rd for Corey Davis. I don't know if you could get a 2023rd for Sammy Watkins right now. I think it'd be really difficult. And I don't think it's somebody that anybody's looking to acquire. I know we all, want to look at the people that are there to buy low and Sammy Watkins and Corey Davis could fit that mold but don't chase the outliers don't look for that other Devontae Parker breakout later in their career even though Sammy Watkins did break out early in his career he's disappeared the last few years Mitch do you have anything different on Sammy Watkins here no I was just going to add that after that
0: week one he didn't have one game above 65 yards for the rest of the season and like you mentioned John Tyreek Hill missed I think four games and Go and buy me Cole Hardman is what we probably should be saying here. He's the next guy that's going to step up. Didn't play as much as Sammy Watkins this year, and he almost outproduced him. Getting one or two catches a game. And so I think Hardman is the one to go and buy. And then Watkins is someone, like Dan mentioned, He's I think he's valued less than Randall Cobb at this point. If he's on my team, I'm not consider playing him all season long. That's for sure.
1: No, it's the same thing as last season. Hope for one pop-off game. And you have somebody that sees that and... They're willing to pay something. Again, if you could get a 20, 21 second, I would absolutely say sell, but it's probably somebody that you can't even move right now. Sammy Watkins. Yeah, Dan, I, again, I don't know that many people are looking to acquire him, but it's absolutely somebody that you should avoid. Now, Mitch, I'm going to turn it over to you because this is somebody that you'd love to bash. Who's somebody here besides from Amari Cooper? that you're looking to avoid this offseason? I had to get him in fairly fresh after
0: the season because he was so highly touted, but it's Baker Mayfield. And the reason why I'm bringing him up is because I've already done three startups this season that have the 2020 rookie picks included. So you could draft the 101 or the 102 instead of a player if you want to. And Baker Mayfield went quarterback nine and two of them and quarterback 10 in another. And the biggest issue that I see with that, and this isn't just about Baker. It's about if you're drafting a quarterback in the top 10, he needs to give you something that the other 20 quarterbacks below him can't give you. Baker Mayfield hasn't proven that he can do that over the last two years. Everyone wants to go back and say that he had a really good rookie season. He had a good season for a rookie. It wasn't a good season for an above average quarterback. This season, he only had two games where he threw for three touchdowns. He only had three games where he passed for over 300 yards. He just isn't giving you the weekly production that you need. I've seen a lot of people kind of cop out and say, well, the Browns offensive line sucks. It's something that I heard today, but it's not true. They were average. They were 17th in adjusted sack rate. They were 11th in adjusted line yards. And Both those are from football outsiders. And Baker Mayfield is 33rd in success rate if you look at sharp football stats. He just isn't giving you anything that Tannehill or Daniel Jones or Dalton or Minshew All those guys are scoring more than him on a weekly basis. And they have far less talent around them than what he has. And so at some point, we have to stop making excuses and saying Baker needs an offensive line. He needs a new coach. He needs this. He needs that. He's not giving you anything that other quarterbacks aren't giving you. So you shouldn't go out there and spend a top 10 quarterback pick on him when you could just wait and get someone like even Minshew
1: three or four rounds later and get the exact same production out of him. In a 12-team league, you can probably get Minshew much later than that even. But you talked about the startups that we've taken part in and... I'm looking at them, and one was a 14 team league. Mayfield went in the second round. I would much rather get like a Garoppolo in the middle of the fourth. Again, a 14 team league quarterbacks, they're going a little bit earlier in Superflex, but Baker Mayfield has not even been on my radar. And I don't want to get carried away here. And I don't want to say that his job is in jeopardy. He still has 2020 and 2021 as part of his rookie contract. Let me throw a hypothetical out to you guys. And Dan, I'm going to throw this out to you. Baker Mayfield goes. Goes into the 2020 season, still obviously a top 10 dynasty quarterback. People are still touting him. Like Mitch said, people are still making excuses. Let's say the Browns go six and 10 next year and they're just not productive. And Baker Mayfield, he still has his struggles. Do you think we're talking about him in 2021 the way we're talking about Mitchell Trubisky this year? Yeah. Last year, it would be the last year of the deal. Will the team exercise the fifth-year option? Again, it's exactly what we're saying about Mitchell Trubisky. Even though Trubisky just got the vote of confidence that he's still going to be there next year, but I don't think any of us are expecting Trubisky to be there in 2021. So does Mayfield eventually drop to that level? Because that's pretty low.
2: I think he's going there. He's definitely heading in that direction. If he has another bad year, you're going to see some of these people that are drafting him early fall off the bandwagon. And I find it very hard to believe they're drafting him early. You're not giving me the itch to hop in a dynasty draft this uh, next week or so to take <laughs> advantage of that. Because, uh, you know, Baker follows in my dysfunctional organization club uh, guys, which you hear me talking about a lot. You know, he he's with the Browns, and they're like the Jets. I have no clue what that organization is doing. Mitch makes a great point of, you know, you can't point all those fingers at the offensive line. And to, to boot, you've got Odell Beckham. Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb to, as weapons. The pressure's off with the run game. You've got great receivers. I know we could argue a little, you know, where OBJ is these days. Pro football focus ranked Baker 22nd overall in a, as far as a football grade. And when I listen to him, not only are the Browns dysfunctional, I mean, they are because they can't seem to control this kid, but the stuff that comes out of his mouth, if I was his teammate, I'd want to punch the guy in the mouth. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't even think he's a good team player. So there are so many issues fundamentally with Baker from his actual football fundamentals as you see in the pro football focus grade from his attitude and and I don't know what direction the Browns are going in you know they still don't have a coach right they're they're still in in limbo and they they fired their guy pretty early so so what are they doing from head coach to general manager they're a hot mess I'm no no Baker for me I'm with Mitch 100 percent
1: yeah at the point that you have to take him this one's more about price for me but also if I do have him and out of my what is it 42 dynasty leagues 43 somewhere around there I don't have one share of Baker Mayfield but If I did, I I would I would look to move them this offseason, especially after if they get an offensive minded coach, maybe somebody that's had some success with quarterbacks or maybe a college coach coming up and people are excited at the prospect. But maybe find somebody in your league that's a little bit of an ageist, somebody that's rebuilding that you could look to move Baker Mayfield. Maybe you Get back a Matt Ryan or Matt Stafford or a Jimmy Garoppolo, like I mentioned, or Kirk Cousins. They're not exciting. They're not sexy picks, but they're guys that I feel very confident will have a job over the next three, four years. But Baker Mayfield, the question marks are starting to add up. I don't want to jump the gun. It's it's a little early, but we could be there after the 2020 season saying, well, Baker has one year left on his rookie deal. Maybe they look elsewhere. So we'll see. But he is somebody that we're avoiding throughout this 2020 off season. Now before we wrap the show up, I want to go through a few rapid fire situations. And guys, I know you always make fun of me for my rapid fires and initially I had 25 guys in this list. And I thought, okay, I'll scale it back a little bit. So what we're going to do, I'm going to throw out a name. We have a few quarterbacks, couple wide receivers, running backs and tight ends. We're going to hit every position and just a simple yes or no. I want you to say if this is a guy as this is the avoid episode, so guys that we're not looking to acquire, whether it's a draft or via trade, so these are guys that we're avoiding here in the off season. Just a simple yes or no. Mitch, we'll start with you. Okay. Mitch Trubisky. Yes. So yes, you are looking to avoid him. Yes. Okay, just to clarify. Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: Dan put me on the spot jb here oh man <laughs> rapid uh, fire all right uh I'm, I'm not avoiding him yet okay and not he, completely
1: and because of his price and that that could be one of the reasons that somebody is still looking to acquire him whether it's an existing league or a startup he's he's dropping man he really is dropping i have to stick to the rapid, rapid fire I, I know i i'm gonna sit here i tell you guys to be short and then three hours later we're my, fault, on, my fault my fault we're moving on it down. To quarterback too okay dan cam newton avoid Maybe? no I no. actually, I'm not avoiding him either. I just took him recently as start because he dropped significantly. So I'm also not avoiding. Mitch, Jacoby Brissett. Yes. Dan? Give me some Jacoby. I'm actually avoiding purchasing him this offseason. Uh, too many question marks. Just don't know what's going to happen there. We're going to throw this as a package deal. So I need an answer for both of these guys from each
2: of you. Dan, Minshew and or Foles? Avoid. So you're avoiding both of them? Uh, I'm salty right now. Too much just dysfunction in Jacksonville. I'm anti-Nick Foles. He burned me this year. I'm, so avoid Avoid it all.
1: All right. So dysfunction is the the theme of the episode here for Dan. <laughs> Mitch, what about you? Avoid Foles. Give me Mitch. I will still be, I'm still willing to acquire either of them, but it's very price dependent. Let's transition to running backs. Dan, James, Connor. I'm still Connor strong, John. You know that. Give me some. Okay. And actually, we're just going to run through the uh, running backs here with you, Dan, real quick. And then we'll go over to Mitch. Marlon Mack. Give me some Mack. And then carry on Johnson. Still a little curious
2: with Detroit. Give me some.
1: Okay. So what I wanted to do here, and before I get over to you, Mitch, I wanted to find guys that, one, their value potentially could bottom out. So it's, are they worth acquiring? Or two, we're just not really sure what their situation entails. And that's kind of like a guy like Marlon Mack or even carry on Johnson here. But Mitch, James Connor, Avoid. Marlon Mack. Avoid. Carry on Johnson. I'm okay with him. I actually agree with Mitch, and that should surprise nobody since we pretty much share a brain here. Uh, James Conner, want nothing to do with him. Marlon Mack, I have him in so many leagues. You can't give him away right now. And I know it's a tough time to sell these, these vets, even though he's still a young guy, but I don't want to acquire him. Limited opportunity in the past game, and it just, I wasn't thrilled. Carry on Johnson, I'm still interested, but that's very price dependent. So I'm fading, or I'm avoiding Conner and Mack. Carry on, still a little bit interested. Wide receivers, Mitch. DJ Chark. Not avoiding. Brandon Cooks. Avoid. Will Fuller. Avoid. Robbie Anderson. Avoid. Wow. Okay. Well, I want to touch on Robbie Anderson here after Dan gives his answers. Dan, DJ Chark. All in, brother. I know you are.
2: Brandon Cooks. (laughs) Man, he's first round mid-20s players club. I'm out. Will Fuller. Made a glass, but I'll take one more chance.
1: (laughs) That's assuming price dependent. (laughs) Of course. And then uh, Robbie Anderson. All out on the Jets. They're in the dysfunctional club. Okay. So I want to spend just a minute here on Robbie Anderson. So I'm out on Chark. We'll use Dan's word here too much dysfunction there. We don't know what's going to happen. Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, their value could completely bottom out with a few more injuries here or one more concussion for Cooks. Robbie Anderson, I'm kind of intrigued by. He's a free agent, guys. Let's say that he lands in a pretty good spot. He had some off the field issues previously. He kind of got back on track this season. We didn't really hear too much about him off the field. It seemed like he kept his head on straight, even in that terrible Jets organization. What if he landed in Green Bay? What if he landed in, let's say, Cooper left Dallas and he went to Dallas? You know, So there are options, but it doesn't intrigue you at all, either of you, since you're both out on him. Not that would be
2: that a game changer for me. So I guess I'm opposite than you there, Mitch. I mean, for me, it's all about the Jets. You know, like I, I just have no faith, lack of confidence completely in Adam Gase. So I don't want anything to do with it. But Anderson flashed talent this year. There's just no stability. I don't have any confidence in him week to week, but you put him in a good situation. I'm, a, I'm in on Robbie Anderson.
1: At that point though, like we always talk about being proactive, he gets a good landing spot. It's going to be tough to buy him. I'm going to throw some feelers out. I'm going to make it a point this week to see what I can do. Obviously it's going to be very, very price dependent. But if I can get him for a reasonable price, hoping there is that perceived value spike once he moves, because I don't think he's going to be a jet much longer. So once he gets moved here in free agency, I'm interested to see what happens. So, okay. So that's my spiel on Robbie Anderson. Two tight ends I want to touch on. Two guys that potentially their value could bottom out, or if you get in cheap, you could reap the benefits. Dan, Eric Ebron.
2: No, thank you. OJ Howard. Oh, God, I'll probably regret this. This will probably be my Sammy Watkins, Corey Davis, but I'm I'm going, I'm going for this hot blonde one more time. Okay. So you're still okay with OJ Howard out on Eric Ebron. Mitch, what about the
1: two, Ebron and Howard? Same as Dan. I don't trust Ebron at all, but OJ Howard has so much talent, I'm willing to give him another year. And this is another interesting situation, Eric Ebron. And a lot of these guys, we're going to spend a lot of time this offseason. We're going to have shows specifically dedicated to just contracts and upcoming free agency. Eric Ebron, it doesn't sound like he's going to be a Colt much longer. Does he land in a good spot? Maybe. Can he stay healthy? I don't know. He was a big time regression candidate here in 2019. And even without the injury, he regressed. You could chalk it up to Jacoby Brissett, but I think there was obvious going into it, even with Andrew Luck, I think it still would have played out that way obviously can't predict the injury but eric ebron i'm not looking to acquire him at all oj howard this is like the Corey davis truther fan club i don't think you could get oj howard on the cheap right now do you guys think that you could get him at a fairly good discount right now
2: i say no because i tried really hard late in the season and I, I couldn't get him at a decent price so i don't think anything's changed to have any more luck in the offseason
1: maybe in startups i think he might slip a little bit in startups but yeah existing leagues i Think it's going to be really tough here. So we ran through guys that we're looking to avoid. Last week we touched on the guys that we're looking to buy in the near future. We'll talk about some sales. sells are always interesting because obviously somebody has a fantastic season. Oh, sell high, sell high. So that's something we'll dive into in the future here. But guys that we're looking to avoid for various reasons, like I said, their value could completely bottom out. They could go to a worse situation. Or maybe we're wrong on a few of these guys and they go into a better situation and we get that fifth-year breakout from Corey Davis like we saw at Devontae Parker. But only time will tell. Thank you so much for joining us for the first episode of 2020, the Superflexology Fantasy Football Show. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Superflexology. Have a great night.
0: Thank you for listening to the Superflexology podcast. If you want the latest news in fantasy football, follow us on Twitter at Superflexology, the Bauer Club, and Dino MC.